What is going on to our producer community where today we're going to be talking about three steps that all of you guys can take to make sure that you're getting people to listen to your music and the first steps that producers who are maybe just starting should take to make sure that they're heading in the right direction. Or if you're somebody who's been producing for a couple of years, you might have missed out on one of these steps and that could be why some things are falling apart from you or maybe you're burning out or not necessarily having the most sustainable time. And these are some steps that you're going to be able to take to hopefully correct those things. Again, so whether you're somebody who's just starting out or somebody who's been doing it for a while, we're going to give you a couple of reasons or a couple of different ways that you can make sure that you're getting people to come to you, uh, to come to your audience and start building your fan base in an appropriate way. So one of the first things that's important for producers to know is to find the right community that's, again, appropriate for you and that you know that you can serve the best. So whether it depends what exactly you want to do, whether you're a producer or whether maybe you're an artist and you want to um, be or if you're more of a manager for the producer side. But what you want to make sure you're doing is finding the right avatar is what I would say in that community that you know that you can provide value to and that you can actually help. And one of the ways that I like to think about this for myself was I knew coming into it that I wasn't necessarily the best musician or the best producer. And that's kind of why I was saying earlier, you don't need to necessarily be a producer to actually get into the community of production or of music in general. You can be something along the size of it, such as maybe a manager or somebody like myself who's a sample maker or somebody who's maybe just a session player. There's a whole bunch of different ways that you can get into the production community or just the music community as a whole that doesn't necessarily need you to be the person creating the music. And for myself, while I do create music, I wouldn't necessarily call myself like uh, the the greatest producer in the world. Like I'm not out here making uh, tracks with that are getting on the radio or doing 10 million industry plays and stuff like this. Like I, I'm a pretty, uh, I'm sitting in my bedroom for anyone that can't see. We're pretty uh, uh, not too, too fancy. So with that being said, again, I do, uh, I'm on the path of learning music and stuff, but my uh, thing that I have, my unique skill that Cody will dive into a little bit more is that I've come from an engineering background and I came from a background of mostly optimizing systems and making sure that things are working well and actually getting work done in terms of a scheduling perspective. And the way that this relates to music is making sure that I'm able to actually publish and put out content as well as to launch and release content on a schedule that people want to watch and people actually want to eventually anticipate when you're launching a project or maybe putting out a new uh, single or whatever it happens to be that you're releasing. What you want to make sure is that, again, you're finding a community that resonates with those things that when you release them, those things that you're good at. So for myself, talking about things such as high performance and and episodes like this and this podcast, uh, that's mostly my specialty and the thing that I'm good at. So I knew that if I wanted to find, if I wanted to work with producers and work in the lo-fi community or with a specific genre, that the thing that I would be able to provide for them is something in terms of, again, optimization of scheduling, making sure that they have the correct systems in place to publish content, to launch content, because those are things that I have a background in myself, again, as an engineer. So I wanted to take the knowledge that I already had, the specific knowledge and the specific skills, and apply those to a community. And again, Cody's going to talk a little bit more about the actual specific skills and how you can find an opportunity within the market using those specific skills. But the first step that every producer has to take is to find that specific market, find that specific community that resonates with you, and then make sure that you find your specific way that you can serve them, which is what Cody's going to talk about a little bit now. Yeah, well, and, and 
Jared, once you find your community, the next best thing is to identify what is missing. So to visualize this, think about your community as a large puzzle. You have to identify what puzzle pieces are missing. Um, and, and there's been a, a few examples. And I, the first time that uh, that I identified a missing puzzle within a community was when um, Jared with a G, my my business partner and collaborator for Crystal Grid, um, we we identified uh, we we were looking at the heavy electronic scene, which is primarily DJ based. And before before us, there was um, Big Gigantic, there was Grizz, there was So Down, there was these other groups that were utilizing live instrumentation within their DJ sets. But they were by far and still are by far the, by far the minority within that community. And so when Jared and I teamed up to create Crystal Grid, he is a live drummer and I am a live saxophonist. And so we were able to combine our unique value propositions together to create something um, not necessarily new, but something that was still unique enough to catch attention. And so when we first launched Crystal Grid, we we were playing festivals, we were playing, we had direct support roles. I think we even had a headlining show all within the first year of us launching that project. Now, conversely, if I would have just gone into that community and went in as a solo DJ, or if Jared with a G and I would have just stayed a a DJ duo, there's no way we would have experienced that growth because we, we were doing what everybody else did, but because we brought our, our unique skills and talents and brought them to the forefront of the crystal gear project that allowed us to, to have greater opportunities sooner. (laughs) Thinking back on it, it almost feels like cheating. (laughs) Uh, this, the second time that I identified this and this time it was even a little bit more intentional with the um, the knowledge that I had gained through um, Crystal Grid and playing those live shows. In March of 2020, we were playing live shows as Crystal Grid. Of course, everybody knows the world shut down, COVID hit, no more live shows. And so I immediately took a hard pivot into uh, a genre and a community that I was listening to as a fan but I wanted to begin joining and participating as an artist. And that was, of course, our lo-fi and chill hop community. So I sat down and I, I did some market research of, okay, well, what, what, is, what is potentially missing within this large puzzle of a community? And it was that um, there wasn't a lot of live instrumentation. And this is primarily, so me coming from the dubstep world where it's a lot of synthesizers and and music coming straight out of your DAW, within the lo-fi chill hop world, there's so much room for live instrumentation. And so I, and I, you hear, you hear the instrumentation within, um, within a lot of the songs, but a lot of them are, are samples, samples that people are pulling from sample packs or pulling from splice, which is, which is perfect. That's, that's what those samples are there to do. But for me being a saxophonist, I thought that was that missing puzzle piece that I could fill in. So I began to reach out to top artists within the lo-fi and chill hop community. And I offered custom saxophone stems. Um, think about how many times you've pulled down uh, an, a, an inst- a, a guitar stem or a saxophone stem or a, a trumpet stem and it just wasn't quite perfect for your beat. 
Well, I, I made that custom factor. I, I allowed these top producers um, to get exactly what they wanted within that with, with from my recordings to fit their track exactly. They weren't finding a sample to fit their track. They were expecting me as a saxophonist to fill their track out. Um, and and once again, by filling by filling that missing puzzle piece, it allowed me to gain traction and success within the community so much quicker than me just coming in as an artist trying to um, trying to to replicate um, what everybody else was doing. Um, and that was step number two. Now diving into step number three, you need to build your audience. So Jared, what do you have for us? Yeah, so for audience building, one of the things that I've done in particular that really helped was making sure that I published and launched a lot of material and, and content in general. And for myself, this was sample packs. I put out roughly, uh, I think it was 12 sample packs in like the last uh, year or so or 14 months, roughly speaking. And by doing that and by making sure that I was actually putting out as much content as I could and being able to, again, provide value for this audience in a way that I thought that I could provide value, I was able to garner more of an audience because it was something that resonated with them. And the thing that people often misconstrue about building an audience is they think they need to have an audience to launch. And when they go to launch, they think, oh, if I release a project and I don't have anyone in my following, it's just going to fall on deaf ears and no one's going to listen to it. But what you don't realize is that you have to launch to actually grow your audience. And by doing that, you will get more people to listen to that. And by just having those singles, even if they're sitting there, they're in your catalog for when new people come to it, they'll be able to actually listen to that older stuff. And they'll be able to sit and kind of binge and almost go down the rabbit hole of your material. And for myself, I know I often do this with new artists is if I find an album that I like or a single that I like, I'll start diving down through their catalog. But the thing is, if they only have one single, then it's really hard to dive through their catalog and actually look through it and get something from it. So don't be scared to launch music if you don't have an audience. What you need to do is make sure that, again, you're consistently publishing content, consistently putting out new material, putting out new singles, putting out EPs, albums, sample packs, uh, different things that you're creating, whatever that happens to be for you, and making sure that, again, it's aligning and providing value for the community but that it's help, that in itself will help you grow your audience and grow your fan base. And the one little other thing that I want to put into this is, uh, again, it's this kind of misconception of audiences. It's at what point like does it become an audience versus just like a group of people or something like that? Like at what point is it a fan base really? And people think they need like these huge numbers, right? And the the reality is it's like having a hundred people watch you or you could if you had a hundred people in like your high school gymnasium, like that would be a lot of people. Uh, and again, often we see uh, thousands, like hundreds of thousands of people or even millions of people listening to music or watching certain things or following certain people. And it makes it seem like you need to have this crazy number to be able to make any sort of impact. And the reality is, again, with 100 people or, again, having a 1,000 views on something is a decent amount. And you have to think about it, again, in terms of like actual people that would be there. Like, again, if I had, for me, I get maybe a couple thousand views on on a, a thing that I post on Instagram. Like that, those couple thousand people would fill up my like high school football stadium. You know what I mean? And it's like, so like when you think about it in perspective like that, uh, sometimes I would feel bad and be like, okay, this this reel only got a thousand views, and this reel that I posted two weeks ago got ten thousand views. It's like, oh, this sucks. But again, when you put it in perspective of 
well, a thousand people still fills up an entire like stand. Like that's a good amount of people. And again, so I just wanted to make sure that people don't get discouraged when they don't feel like they have an audience and they don't feel discouraged not to release music because they don't have a big following. You actually, the more music you release will ideally start the flywheel to grow your audience. And that positive feedback loop is what lets you get to those really high numbers by consistently pushing that. Um, and I know another tip that Cody will have for this third step of audience building is collaborating. And he's going to dive a little deeper into that and how you guys can use that tip to build your audiences. Yeah. And so, that, Jared, the most simple way to look at building an audience through collaboration is the opportunity to reach fans of other artists within your community. So let's say you and I have never collaborated. You have a fan base. I have a fan base. When you and I collaborate on a track and we release it, now we have the opportunity to hit both fan bases. My music is hitting your fan base. Your music is hitting my fan base. And then there's uh, cross collaboration in regards to audience building. But I think another important component to add um, is through this collaboration process, you're also building your audience of peers. You're also building your 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 teamwork. When you think about um, when you, when you're thinking about um, collaboration from this perspective you're you're not of, of course you're building your audience of of listeners but are you also building the audience of your peers are you getting the respect from the experts within your scene are you positioning positioning yourself as an expert along with those experts and so i think that's a that's an important piece to think about which when i first started in my music career i certainly did not think about it that way um so i i'm happy to have have learned that <laughs> over the years and 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 through uh the school of hard knocks but begin to think about those collaborations as an opportunity to build your audience of, of peers. Um, and that, I, I promise, that will take you far. With yeah, that, that... You go. <laughs> uh, well, Sorry. with Jared, do you have anything to add? Because I was just going to close it out. No, I was just going to say that. That's a really important point. And I think that collaboration is probably the best thing that anyone can do for audience building in terms of finding people. Again, you need to go through those first two steps as well because... Uh, if you start collaborating with people and you don't have those first two steps in place, it'll kind of fall on deaf ears. But again, collaborating is probably the most important step because it's the one that builds you that audience and gets you to start seeing things in a different perspective, start to get people to listen to your music and start to realize that uh, doing something like taking music full time is a possibility. But that, that was kind of the only little uh, point that I wanted to make on that last thing. But I'll let you close this out here. Yeah, well, and so for, for everybody tuning in, just remembering those three important points. Identify the community that you believe you can best serve or that you want to be a part of. Two, look at that community as a, as a puzzle and figure out what pieces of that puzzle you can fill. And then begin to build your audience through collaboration. Um, and with that, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the High Performance Producers Podcast. We have officially launched our Discord and we would love for you to, to join our community. So um, we're going to have the Discord link in the description um, of the bio of this podcast episode. So definitely join this. Um, we're, we're excited to, to get this community rolling. With that, peace. Peace.